1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 CHED.
0: We return
1: to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
0: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D i g i t e x dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 CHED. Brandon Escott steering the ship home on this draft day Friday. I think we're all uh, safely excited. We are going to hear from Jim Playfair. I don't believe we're going to have time to hear from Dave Tippett as well, but if we wrap things up pretty quickly here, we might be able to sneak both in. Right now, we're going to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Do your clients love the outdoors? Then get them the hottest summer gear, like branded camping chairs, coolers, and more. Again, at Elite Promotional Marketing. The Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation and Hockey Helps Kids have partnered for a fifth straight year. This is the program that pairs an Oilers star with a class from a local school to raise money for a not-for-profit of their choosing. Late breaking, during the NBA draft last night, Commissioner Gary Bettman and the NHL announcing that they are expanding their video review process to a format that allows coaches unlimited video review on goaltender interference, offside, and plays that would have been called dead, i.e. stuff that would have fixed the problems in the playoffs. However... A wrong challenge of any kind earns a two-minute penalty. Two wrong in the same game would get a double minor. So there's the risk-reward calculation for those coaches. Lightning D-Man. This is a sad one. Ryan Callahan has been diagnosed with a degenerative back disease, and doctors have recommended that he retires from hockey. He is 34 years old now and has one year left on his contract at $4.7 million cap hit, will likely be placed on long-term injury reserve. That's according to Lightning GM Julian Briezebois. Leafs GM Kyle Dubas saying today, and this is a weird one, he expects Patrick Marlowe to play for the Leafs next season. Marleau turning 40 in September and has uh, one more year on his contract. That is a $6.25 million cap hit. So, even though he's selling his home and all that stuff, and there was rumors that he was not going to be back... Dubas thinks otherwise, at least on the surface. Finally, Pierre Lebrun reported last night that Peter Shirelli is in talks with Jim Benning and the Vancouver Canucks about possibly joining their front office. They did work together in Boston before Benning joined Vancouver. Shirelli has also been in talks with other teams. All right, without further ado, we are going to go to the interview Bob sat down with new associate coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Jim Playfair
0: first of all, uh, it was the worst kept secret in Edmonton. Everybody knew you were coming for a while. Uh, tell us about the history with Dave Tippett, where it got started from and
2: why Edmonton's a good fit. Well, first of all, Brad uh, uh talked to me when I was coaching Abbotsford in, in, uh, in the American Hockey League about coming to work with Tipp and I initially didn't want to come back to NHL as an assistant coach and uh, after I came and met with Tipp and, and, and realized how similar we our views of the game were and how we felt things should look and how, we can, how you have to help the players improve and how you have help Work to develop the players, and then the structure of the game. Um, it, was, it was a good fit, and I think that you know I'd, I'd worked with Daryl Sutter and Mike Keenan and Ken Hitchcock, and I'd been around some guys who were hard-driving guys, and I really thought the disposition that Dave approaches the game with, approaches the players with, would be a real good add-on to to learning to grow as a coach, and so. Um, you know I think we had good success early we had uh, we didn't have good success the last block of time in Arizona um, and and so now being out of the game uh, being very grateful for the opportunity to get back in the game for both of us being very respectful of, of what it takes to, to, to be in the game to, to, to put together a group to that can, that can work together and create an opportunity to win and doing it in Canada is is very special and you know for me with the history of the Oilers, it's um it it's, it's a real neat thing you mentioned that history. Uh,
0: your older brother was one of the toughest players ever to play in the uh, NHL back in the day. Uh, you played on one of the toughest junior teams of all time, the '83 Toronto Hawks. I got you smiling right now. <laughs> what was it like being about the fifth toughest guy on that team? I mean, they had, they had Cam Neely, they had Brian Curran, uh, they had John uh, Rambo Cordak, who yeah. uh, could check the lefts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you guys won that year. I believe you won at home that year. Alfie Turcotte was on that team. His son's in the draft this That's year. Right. What was it like to have been with that group?
2: Well, you know, it was awesome in the sense we'd gone to- World Cup the year before in Holland we had lost and the next year in Portland was the first year that the host team was going to host it so um, we took a little bit of flack for that Uh, we picked up Mike Vernon from the Calgary Wranglers at the end he came in um, was a huge obviously part of our group and uh, and I think obviously winning at home was, was obviously playing at home and winning at home was special and that was a, it was an unbelievable group of hockey players like you had mentioned some of those guys when, Ray Ferraro yeah Ray Ferraro and uh, Randy Heath who was a 72 goal scorer and just just a bunch of very good people and uh, you know it's funny it was just uh, we had one coach behind the bench there wasn't five or six there was no videotape there was a like it was just a simple go out and play and we had a, we had a physical team an aggressive team and and, uh, and we could score and I think it, uh, looking back on that was a pretty special thing to have back in, in the day. This is Oilers now with Bob
0: Stauffer, and we're joined by the new associate coach of the Oilers, Jim Playfair Your first-round draft choice of the Oilers, how tough was it? Uh, because uh, you were picked in '82, and obviously came up sort of '84, '85, '86s, and by that point they had elevated to becoming, you know, a
2: dynasty yeah. and, and perhaps the most electrifying team we've seen in NHL history. Would it like to try to crack that team at that time? Well, when I was 15, I was playing hockey in Fort Saskatchewan the Traders. I was was watching the, the progression of the orders as they were coming along and then I went to away to play junior in Portland and when I came back it was uh, you know I had two real my first two train camps were real good camps and I uh, went back to playing junior and then uh, by the time I felt I was probably could potentially push for a job uh, they had Randy Gregg they had all these you know they dropped a bookaboom and they were in the business of winning selling cups and you know all, I just there was no I was good enough to play <laughs> and I think that leaving there and going to Chicago um, that went off my with my obviously my you know, my, my career, but um, you know. So when you when you look at what's happened in Edmonton, the history of expectations of winning and championships and so on and so forth, it's it, it's an awesome sports town, and I think that you know when a, the team drafts you, you forever have a bit of a, a connection or a soft spot for that organization, and you know that you know year and a half ago tips and you if you ever get a chance back you know Edmonton be a neat spot you watch you know this player play and that player play that'd be a neat place to go and it's just I mean we never thought it for sure never thought he was gonna be in Seattle and that was gonna be the next path of his career and I was on to talk to other teams about going back to work and so when it happened and turned it turned quick and then the opportunity arose um you know, you you flood back to when you were drafted and you know, there's some unfinished business there and now, you know, the ability to come back and hopefully reestablish, you know, some winning back here in Edmonton at this time and it would, would be would be awesome. All right. So you don't have Coffee and Huddy together.
0: You don't have Low and Fogland. And you don't have Jackson and Greg in your third pairing. Good memory. There you go. I kind of got to know that stuff. But you do have some unique... You have a guy like Darnell Nurse, who's got tremendous athleticism, who's a hard worker, and he's got leadership ability. Oscar Kleffbaum, who, at his price point, is a very efficient uh, player. At the NHL level, Adam Larson looking for a background, you know, a bounce back here. That's the Oilers' top three. You got some other guys in Secker and Russell that are older, veteran players, and Russell gives you what he's
2: got. Just your thought process when you look at the Oilers' defense at this time. Yeah, I think that for me to see them all stay healthy and give a really good start, you know, get a really good healthy group start to the season is going to be so important, and then. just individually give them some, some uh, an identity, create an identity for each player, what the expectations will be create an identity for the back end, what do we want to do, I think the, the, obviously today's game, the talk is about creating offense and jumping up on the rush, I think if we can do those things with a mindset of making sure we're prepared to win those games one nothing. they're going to be one nothing games playoff games are one nothing generally so how do we become a real good defending group that's real hard to play against that players feel like they got to work to get a scoring chance from, to begin with and then attack join the rush, create the offensive side of the part of the game and I think when you look into the depth chart a little bit deeper um, there's a a lot of good young defensemen potentially pushing uh, for jobs in the NHL in the real real near future so what we want to do is try to establish an identity for the back end, maximize our players get our veteran players leading the way and, and then hopefully or not hopefully but eventually bring in the next wave of young players in Bouchard, Bear, uh, Jones, Senberg. I went back to Halifax to watch him on the Memorial Cup, and I watched this kid play. And he's a mature defenseman for his age. I mean, he's beyond a lot of players that can that play at that level. And so, you know, what I, you know, in, in watching the, the time I watched him, um, the future is bright for the back end. And I think that you know, I'm a believer that you got to build from defense. I know people want to hear the defensive part of it, but I still think that you you need a good foundation to. Build long term and so with that wave of with an identity and a clarity coming from our back end the next wave of those young kids coming in you know, it's, it, they, they, they come from environments where they're offensive minded guys they're top offensive minded guys in the NHL they're not always going to get their offense but they're always going to be relied upon to be good defenders so our responsibility is to make sure the defending details are in play and when the offense is there make sure it's done well. Final question for you. Uh,
0: most, I mean, you came out of Fort St. James, B.C. Not a lot of people from Edmonton can say they've been there. I have far too often over the years. Had a couple bad nights in the zoo, as I recall. <laughs> We've all been there before, but those, that was 25, 30 years and 50 pounds ago. Uh, tell
2: me this. Most significant coaching influences for you along the way? Uh that's good. You know, I had uh, uh, obviously Ken, Ken Hodge in Portland. We won a Memorial Cup. Uh, Daryl Sutter in, in the IHL. We won a we won a Turner Cup together Um, working with Daryl in the NHL was obviously impactful you know, being around uh, Mike Keenan was interesting. Was a very interesting. A play to put it, Yes. And for sure, Dave Tippett. I, I think sure. the, the different demeanors that players, the coaches, can get to their players. I would say the 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 strength. They're all different. Ken Hitchcock was very, very influential. Young in my career when I first started, he helped me with structure and, and, and system play. Yeah. And and Dave is recognized and has adapted to the individual connection each player, give each player a role give them support, hold them accountable and allow them to grow as players and that's probably been the the most influential part. All right, so I lied. I got
0: one more for you. Can you address, like, there is this perception that Dave is always a defensive coach? You know, what a coach has got, what a coach has got. When you guys were in Arizona, you didn't have McDavid and Drysettle. You had Ekman Larson, who you helped develop. But you didn't have that sort of elite offensive player at that time. With all due respect to, you know, Lombardi and Shane Donan and all those guys, they're not McDavid and Drysettle, two of the top four scores in the league. But, you know, do you think maybe that defensive-minded sort of perspective that was out there on Dave Tippett is a little Bit of a misguided judgment.
2: Well, I think, Bob, you got to go back a little bit and recognize when he was working in Los Angeles. He was he was on the number one power play. He got hired in Dallas because he was a top power play guy that 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 was able to add more offense to the Dallas Stars. And in Arizona, as things were were grinding and winding down, uh, you know, if you don't have the offense, you got to find a way to win. And finding a way to win is generally keeping keeping the puck out of your own net. So um, that was the that was the, the, the method that we had to apply to try to to try to get a point out of every night and so you know what obviously the fundamental non-negotiable issues are there defensively absolutely they are I still think the ability to to to, to have to have players in great offense. I mean, Connor McDavid and the Dry Side and Nugent Hopkins and all these guys, th- that that's our natural game is, uh, is is to do that. And the team game has to become naturally to be able to defend without the puck. So I, I think it's personally, I mean, I think it's not about the mindset of your defensive coach. If you're an offensive coach, Craig Berube is a defensive coach, offensive coach, he's a Stanley Cup winning coach, and that's fundamentally what you're after, and that's what about. You know. Alright, we appreciate your time and we'll be doing this slots over the next uh,
0: several years. Thank you very all much. Alright, thanks Bob, appreciate it.
1: That is Bob in conversation with the new associate coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Jim Playfair. You can text us at 630 630 at any time. That's the Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They are one of the largest volume Ford dealers in all of Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Brendan Escott with you back to wrap up The show after this. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 6:30. Chad. It is draft day, and for those wondering what time you watch it here in Alberta, 6 o'clock tonight is when it starts, okay? 6 p.m. I am reading here that people think that the draft time's been shuffled or moved up. This is as current information as there is out there, 6 o'clock Ched time. That's when you can tune in. And uh, in all likelihood will be Jack Hughes going first overall, but I can't remember a draft like this where it's been such a wild... Uh, rest of the f- lottery, I could say. Really, the whole rest of the first round. This is a deep draft, so no matter who the Oilers take, I think they're getting a pretty good player here. Texter out uh, of Edmonton. This is Troy in a Hemi. He says, Jesse P in the eighth overall for Tyson Berry and a 2019 second rounder. I, ugh, I don't know. Could could Colorado get more than that? Depends how much they would value. Yes, Apuliavi. On this day in Oilers history, a draft day trade took place, and I think Bob alluded this to this uh, a little earlier on. This is back in 2003. The Oilers trade the 17th pick in the 2003 entry draft to New Jersey for picks number 22 and 68. The Devils took Zach Parise, 17th overall. The Oilers drafted Marc Antoine Pouliot, 22nd, and Jean Francois Jacques, 68th. So, for those of you thinking that right now is a good idea to move down out of that number eight spot, I hearken you back a few years. Zach Parise, eventual captain of the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Uh, Could have been in an Oilers uniform. So um, there you go. I don't think they're in a position where they need to move down because if you want to put it in talent tiers, everybody that's going to be available from about 4 through, say, 13 or 14 is probably just as likely to be as good as the next guy. So there doesn't really seem to be a lot to be gained by, uh, by moving around like that. Live coverage of the NHL draft will be right here on 6 30. Ched, Reed Wilkins, Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, all down in Vancouver. They will be keeping you up to date. That's from 4 till 7 p.m. And then we flip right over to the return of Mike Riley to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos and BC Lions tonight will take over the Airways kickoff there at uh, 7. So there is no kickoff show for that. We just get right to game action after the draft. But we will at that point know who the Oilers will have taken 8. Monday. Sportsnet's John Shannon will join the show. We will have some reaction to the draft, of course, and uh, whether there's any trades to be made for the Oilers over the weekend, we'll have you covered on all fronts there. Always a pleasure talking to you. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with guest hosts Kelsey Campbell and Morgan Black. It's Brennan Escott saying enjoy the draft tonight and so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon